0: want them to leave your life. The rarest gems in the world.
1: So right?
0: like just, is that just, real? Just, Did that happen? Like the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars, eating disorder, like I didn't want
1: to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to be a helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower
0: no one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones
1: that to create change.
0: Yeah, it's. But you just said it's so true. That there is beauty around us every day, even on a cloudy, shitty day. Mm. Uh, we get so caught up. It, it's. Let's face it, the world's going faster and faster. There's more devices, more things that actually disconnect us. So taking time to take a fucking breath, slow down, look at a goddamn doorknob
1: <laughs> and go
0: there is art in that. Um, I just I had the fortune to be in Bali uh, this past winter it's you great did. great time to go to Bali is when, when it's Bali? February February.
1: And then you went to Disneyland right after?
0: Yeah, you know, two, two great Just things. Just normal
1: winter. Just Bali, a normal winter. Disney World. Spend
0: 10 days in Bali and then go to Disney Shit,
1: was that World?
0: work? Uh, it was for work. It was for work. My job's not too horrible.
1: <laughs> Bali, hey, lifetime Bali. Go
0: go to Bali and, and check out this place. See if we want to do some yoga there.
1: Oh, you were scouting. I was. Are they going to set up a store there?
0: We're not going to set up a store. We were actually looking at uh, this place that another artist uh, created Uh, It's called Soul Shine. It was created by Michael Franti. And uh, so he's a beautiful musician that, you know, he's one of those that has been through a lot. You talk to a lot of artists, and I had this awakening when I was in Bali that... I will probably never be a great musician, because it seems like every great musician has had a lot of darkness that they've had to go through to find the light.
1: Well, your parents are still around. They could still divorce. What is it? They're 60, 50... Where are
0: they at? I think they're... uh, Oh, shit. 69-ish? I think they're right around there. I'm
1: holding out hope for you.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a big trauma that happens sooner or later.
1: Well, I mean... Losing Cal, I feel like a cloud came over the whole family. Yeah. Like that's just like you said when you the day you met her, you wanted this person in your life. She just had this light to her, that I hope I always hope that she could feel the ma- the way she made other people feel. Because when she walked into the room, my heart was just in the sky, and it wasn't just me. Like she just made people feel good, you know.
0: And she was just a f- she was a, a beautiful soul to be in our family. Like it, it just, I instantaneously went, "You are my sister." I, I, have known you my entire life.
1: Yeah. Uh, You guys hit it off really well.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Oh
1: my God, those fucking card games. (laughs) I still, I'm going to just go ahead and say, I still get annoyed. There's this card game where everyone is playing solitaire as a group so you can play off each other's aces and ones and twos and everything like that. And Tori, did I just say one? The one card?
0: The one card. You know, you yeah, like, know, cards like Ace, that one, that one, one card. Two,
1: three. <laughs> I haven't played for a while. Uh, and Tori is the worst ever to play this game. It's called Blitz. And you'd sit there, there you'd have a, you know, a queen of hearts in your hand, and there'd be a jack of hearts right in front of you, and she'd stand behind you and giggle. Instead of playing, she would cheer you on and coach you.
0: Yeah, and it distracted everybody else, distracted and it was the only else. way I could ever win.
1: And I would grumble across the room about her fucking vows. I could show it to you. It's in that drawer. I vow to always be the one on your side. I'm like Kel, I'm over here.
0: We're family. We're God, we're at the, you same just so it's the same badly. side. The same side.
1: Oh, is that a jack? Oh God, I didn't know. And the game is blitz because you're supposed to be going as fast as possible. And, and you I'm just as
0: slow as cluelessly shit. Cluelessly
1: lumber through it and then win and go. Oh, I guess I won, but I don't know. Yeah. Is that my one card? <laughs> oh
0: God, those were good times. God,
1: days. and she was about as tall as you when she stood up as you were yeah, sitting down. So visually, it's hard not to laugh. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Blitz. Oh, my God. Yeah, those we...
1: were the days. There was like a split second in life where all the stars were aligned. You met Margaret. The little one pops out. Um, I'm not a doctor. Well. Um, Kel's there. And like, how fucking quickly the door closes again. But you just got to be glad that it was ever open because not everyone feels that way in their lifetime. Yeah. You know, how many it's people moments. are 60 or 70 being like, I'll take three years, three years in heaven. I'll take that. I didn't get that.
0: That's the thing. We never know when the last moment is here. No. And we get so caught up in going, oh, I need to hit this mark in my life. I need to aim for that. I'm craving for what's going to happen tomorrow. Instead of going, this is a fucking miracle that I'm here right now. mm you know, I got some people around me, who I can either choose to be in light and, and love where I'm at, or I get to choose that life is shitty. It doesn't mean shitty things don't happen, mm. but how you choose to attach to those things is really what makes or breaks life.
1: Well, that choice is, you know, makes a huge difference in a person's life as far as whether their mental illness is going to disrupt social, professional, personal, you know, physical health, all these different aspects of life, so... I mean, it's easy to say, make the choice, but um, can you talk a little bit more about how reconnecting with your body can help make that decision, make that choice, to see the world differently?
0: Yeah, I could. (laughs) I'd rather shine the spotlight on you. Because talking about just what we were, you know, each moment, we're here to either live or not. You get to choose. There's so many people that are alive but not living. Right. And, you know... With Kelly passing, you could have very easily just gone into a dark hole and fucking stayed there. I did. There. It's
1: called your attic.
0: Yeah, I know. I moved <laughs> in with you. <laughs> and it was a very fucking dark attic. Except um,
1: the little one would come upstairs and go, Tifa! Oh, what did she say, permission to come aboard? And she'd knock on yep. the side of the staircase, and I'd say, permission granted. And she'd come upstairs. <laughs> I have video of her racing around in a diaper, just singing at the top of her lungs, and she was still on Frozen at the time. Oh, my God. So just for, you know, I would say, if you've lost a family member, have a have a two-year-old? Yeah, I think that's Two-and-a-half-year-old right. sing Let It Go at the top of her lungs for about six hours a day. Yeah. And two years later, you'll feel a little bit better. A little
0: better. But, you know, instead of being in a dark hole, you... You found light. You focused on, you know, Kelly's album. You continue to go, what she went through is something that can't be hidden. Mm. Um, There are people dealing with shit in life. How can, you know, this be a catalyst to actually inspire the world? And album happens, you know, the website, you got the foundation going. And now you're doing these podcasts, which is just trying to, you know, hit another level of, of diversity to help open up the doors to other people mm-hmm. that's why she like doorknobs so much they, they, go, it's they a open portal. open the door to anything
1: portal to the world the idea behind the podcast i mean obviously there's there's the physical mundane things like oh i wish we sold more merch because uh now i'm storing it myself and one day it's going to tip over and crash on me and i'll suffocate under a pile of unsold hoodies um Kellynicole.com. but then there's the deeper side which is like uh Aside from will we get some support, will we make some money and move some merchandise and get her name out there, um, I really keep coming back to this idea of it's not a coincidence that I that the day we met she sold me a vocal mic. It's just not. And that I sang to her, the first thing she ever heard of me besides I'm looking for a mic was you know, at the store singing. So here she is, this gorgeous and oddly short uh, rock star, just tattoos and piercings everywhere, really low voice, I'm like... God damn it, she's like the picture of gay in the dictionary. I can hardly breathe right now. And I've got to sing a cappella original <laughs> stuff because there was a certain song that I wanted to, that I had on my mind at the time. And that's what I wanted to sing into this mic to see which one sounded good. <clears throat> and and like, oh my God, so embarrassed and terrified and sick to my stomach. Um, but that's the first she ever heard of me was singing my own music a cappella. And then as she passed, I did the same thing. Hmm. So the fact that, you know she helped me find my voice and that that's the bookends on our living relationship um to sing to her to to sing her off into the next dimension um i just think that's a that's a a sign a hint like pay attention to that that's a clue right um that her voice will help other people find their voice and it has you know there's people who come on the show and and say i'm speaking out because i discovered this foundation and i had usually kind of kept things to myself but now i think I have the right to stick up for myself. Hell and, yeah. And uh, if anyone would tell you that, it would be Kel. You know.
0: Yeah, she she was, uh, I think, the smallest, <laughs> uh, but yet biggest ball of energy that you could have ever met. I mean, it's crazy that her body could hold that much. I
1: can't that, believe that it. That much. Well, it, it took a beating. I mean, uh, she was either... A blur, zigzagging around the house, doing a million things, or she couldn't get up. Yep. You know, so I, I, will never know what it felt like in her skin, and I don't know if she would, would want me to. But when you care about someone, you want to be closer and closer. So there's a darker side to it. Like, what did the worst things she ever experienced feel like? And I don't want her in there alone. So yeah. if I can even just imagine it, I feel like she's not in there alone. I know that's just kind of weird because it's playing with time, but, you know, it's just the kind of places the mind goes to
0: absolutely human connection
1: yeah absolutely so let's go backwards now and talk about your artistic background because i was kind of like okay this is an interesting guy he's uh a yoga dude he seems to wear his pajamas everywhere um but then he's a rock climber and like super outdoor sports guy and he's big into camping thank god for that fucking camping trip right speaking of like memories and how cl- quickly the door closes um thank god we went on that trip man that was one of my best memories
0: it was awesome it, it was the epitome of everything going right and everything going wrong the first exactly night on the at way the way same
1: there, time on the way there was good the first night you guys stayed up and had tequila and oh i, my I went to sleep on and i was like kel needs white noise she needs to have a radio on or fuck with her phone or do something. A lot of people in her position can't have silence. And they have to have a white noise or a radio or something. And I was like, we're going on a camping trip, which sounds like a normal person thing to say. But in the back of my mind, I was like, what the hell's going to happen to her when when it unplugs? When it all unplugs, what's going to happen to Cal? And I'll tell you what happened. She slept like a a baby. Mm-hmm. She Well, I mean, except a baby that sleeps. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. she- <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, she was fine. I was like ecotherapy. All right, here we come. Something Isn't that about being around family and and literally unplugging from everything and the the campfire and I'm I'm guessing a couple shots of tequila didn't hurt. Just a couple. I don't know what you guys did. I was asleep. <laughs> but that's got to be just one of like one of the biggest gratitude points ever. Yeah. Because what if we had said, oh, maybe the year after, you know, let's wait till the kids are older. Let's no, no wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You guys, everybody listening go now and do whatever thing you've been talking about because you don't know how long you have with anyone.
0: It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, that camping trip was awesome. That one night of just hanging out with her was phenomenal. Uh, I, I don't even remember what our conversations were. <laughs> I, just, saying rem-
1: you don't remember I just
0: remember laughing my ass off the entire time. And I was like, what the fuck? Who is this person? Uh, <laughs> She keeps on filling my glass with tequila. It was it was either <laughs> oh, tequila she was or the rum. And I think it was a little bit of both. But uh, <laughs> it was just fun. She just always had a quick remark about something, uh, but had a depth to her heart. You know, seeing her around my kids. You know, purple. You could just tell that she wrapped her arms around the girls with such love. I still have a a picture that I look at often um, right after our our smallest small one was was born. uh, Wearing a little cougar outfit. She looked like a tiny little monkey just hanging off (laughs) of Kel's shoulder.
1: Oh, that one. Yeah. That kid was surprised for this first nine months of her life. She had the same shocked expression every day and I was like is she going to look like this forever? Pretty much. She's less surprised now.
0: Still has really big eyes.
1: But she just looked so shocked to exist and I was like are you going to get used to having been born? Yeah. It's so cute.
0: But it's it's infectious to be around people that just can feel love instantaneously. Not not society love of mm. oh, you know, this is what the movies told me love is. Mhm. But just unconditional going, I'm open in my heart and I am giving this little person every bounce, every little bit of focus. You know, when you're with somebody and you can tell that they're really listening with empathy. You know, they're not thinking about what they're going to say next. They're not trying to answer a question that, you know, is there. They're just there with you.
1: She didn't listen to respond. She listened and she fucking listened, you know. And I think that that was a blessing and a curse for her because she had, I could show you an... Uh, some eating disorder workbooks that she had that walks through, like, what are the biggest burdens in your life? And at the top of the list, she wrote World Empathy because mm. she could feel everything that everyone was going through. Um, and it might not have been burdens. It might have been, like, like the biggest defining things about you, so it could be neutral, positive or negative. But I'll never forget that World Empathy thing because she was very aware. Like, we sit and say she knew exactly how she how everyone felt. She was so compassionate. Like, she was self-aware. She understood that that was different about her. And I think it had a good side, but then there's the side where you're up and it's two in the morning and you're thinking somewhere in the world, something's happening to someone and they have no idea how long it's going to hurt. And she knew how long it was going to hurt. And she'd sit there and sometimes just have tears. I made her watch the news one day. So when we met, uh, that was a mistake. When we met, uh, you know, I was really eh, a little more politically conscious and whatever, Not, not the greatest... But a little bit more uh, than then she was and more into like civics and you know, history major and how governments should function on, this, on and on about this kind of heady, navel-gazing, philosophical stuff. And that's how I thought I'd make a difference in the world, you know, policy and, and all this stuff. But then when I was with her, I realized how much of that is shame-based. Oh, you didn't recycle that? Don't you know about a fucking sea turtle? And da-da-da-da-da. How much of that is spreading shame around the world? Mm -hmm. And it's on fire now more than when she was here. We're in a powder keg of shame now where everyone's humiliated and embarrassed about whatever they just did or said all the time. And she was the opposite. She would look someone in the eyes and they'd believe in themselves for the rest of their life. Hmm. So what she could do with a split second of eye contact was more powerful than all the research and knowing, you know, different policies and all the stuff that I was into, um... By a, an order of magnitude. And that's when I got humble and was like, okay, this is how you change the world. You look at one person, you treat them like they matter.
0: Absolutely. That's, you, you just blew my mind a bit.
1: But you know what I'm talking about, I with do.
0: Her. I do. You, know, uh, you remember
1: how she looked at people?
0: Yep. And she was always there with you. Yeah. You know, it just, there was no expectation of, hey, this better be a good conversation or sit here and entertain me. She was just cool just being with you, and it was special to be there. Uh, I've led lots of different yoga trainings, and we actually do a little thing on empathy, and we talk about that and being one of the best connections that we can make in this world. And we go, you find somebody that's willing to sit there with you empathically, and you will never want them to leave your life (laughs) because they are so rare. They are the rarest gems in the world. And it's not that we're, uh, the rest of us are a bunch of a-holes. It's just that we are so used to our mind racing and going, oh, I need to be able to answer a question. I need, I mean, think about it. We go to school to answer fucking questions.
1: We're we're terrified of silence. What am I going to say when they finish talking? I don't have a response yet. I don't have a response. I don't know what I'm going to say, but your mind is racing. When they finish talking, what if I just sit here? Well, that's about the best thing you could do. Sit there and take it in. That's another awesome thing about her is she wasn't afraid of silence. <clears throat> we would just stare at each other. Sometimes one time for 45 minutes we didn't say a word, um, and she could just sit there and, and look me in the eyes. And we'd like there's so many things about each other's biographies that we wouldn't know. We couldn't pass like a, a little quiz, but we knew each other hmm. because we. It was beyond all that. It was like first of all, I looked at her and I felt like I already knew her. Like you already said, it's like oh I've known you forever. I've known you since the beginning of time, and I put it in our vows. I knew you before we existed. I felt you before we touched. That's the beginning of my vows for her. Um, hmm. um, yeah, there's that sense of, what is real communication? I don't think it's always talking. And She taught me that. You know, I'm a daughter of a linguist. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom learned English in a month. So, I've got... My dad speaks six languages. I think it might be up to 12. I don't know what the fuck he's up to. Um... But conversationally, probably over a dozen, he could get by in And my mom learned English, like, instantaneously. So I grew up bilingual in a multicultural home, and writing was my escape when I was 12, 13, and starting to feel like life isn't so fun anymore. That I would go to Lake Calhoun, and I would write. Um, I'd ride my bike to Lake Harriet, and I would write, and just watch the clouds. And so by the time I met Kel, words were everything. And then she comes along, and she makes my knees weak with a glance or someone sends me a letter after she dies and says, please don't think I'm crazy. But your wife looked at me one time and smiled after I said something. and No one else in the room had listened to me, but she gave me this look. And ever since that day, I've believed in myself that what I say matters. I said, please, the the letter said, please don't think I'm crazy. I know that sounds extreme. I said, no, that's not extreme. I know that look. I know that look. That's my beautiful wife.
0: Hmm. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And that, What Cal taught me is language is how we lie. Hmm. The communication is in the silent moments, and I believe that to this day, language is how we lie. So, how do I do this podcast now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now we're gonna sit here for the next half hour. I'll tell you, I've asked people
1: questions on some of the darker stuff that we get into, and I'm not cutting out the silence. If someone pauses for 15 seconds, there's nothing wrong with your phone. I'm not that silence matters. You know, the truth is in those empty spaces. They're not empty. The truth is in those those silent, I guess, pregnant pause type of spaces, but that's a person working out some shit. And if it's 13 seconds, it's 13 seconds. If it's 7 seconds, it's 7 seconds. I'm going to leave all those in. And I've just decided that's that the silent, like jazz, the silence is part of the music. It's the notes you don't play. That's great. Yeah, right? Well, you can play a little jazz. I want to get back into your biography, because you're more <laughs> interesting than people know. So... You wake up one day, you pick up a trumpet. Go.
0: Go. (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of fathers, uh, instead of 12 languages, he played 12 or maybe more instruments. I was a music teacher. Uh, I had a mother that was an art teacher. Basically, I had no ability to ever be wealthy or make any sort of monetary uh, livelihood. It was kind of how I always felt my life was going to be. Uh, but music was always part of it. Uh, How's
1: the five twenty nine coming along?
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Your kids are richer uh, than any others that I've ever met. Just the way they're growing up.
0: Yeah, they they yeah. definitely uh, know art. Uh, they're very creative souls, uh, and it's it's fun to watch them. Man, they are the best storytellers that I've ever met. Oh my God. So it's it's really fun, and that's you know. I was very fortunate uh, you know to talk about you know true, true artists or at least the ones I've met have had a lot of you know strife in their life didn't mean to rhyme that I do have a
1: Cut again a, a
0: four and a six year old and Dr. Seuss is a real <laughs> thing in my life so uh, I had parents that understood what it was like to be an artist and I, they were always the ones that would you know say if that's what you want to do in life, do it uh, I remember very at a very Early age, my dad going. If you want to pump gas for a living, and if that's what makes you happy, do it. And so I, I started singing at a very young age, and um, that was always my mode that I would go to. That was just something easy that lit me up. Um, you know, no matter where I was, I always was singing. People now, even today, in my corporate office, go, dude, you sing in your cube all day long. What the hell is going on?
1: Oh, God this job of yours i know
0: it's crazy um so yeah jazz band was always part of that i I did play the trumpet a few brass instruments got to college i was in and out by the way i barely graduated high school uh bored i I,
1: distracted
0: the only things i ever did well in was art and music um I did all right in English. You
1: couldn't do what you do for a living if you couldn't, like, you can read and write. You can add and subtract. Like, you couldn't run what you run. Like, you said, I work at Lifetime. You don't work at Lifetime. You run the yoga program. It's multinational. You're in charge of millions of dollars. True. You barely got through high school.
0: Well, we'll we'll, yeah, and and we'll get there because there's a a very strong reason that I believe where I am today. Okay. Um, That doesn't have much to do with schooling, but, uh, you know... It was through, you know, that idea of art, it was the geometry and science and shit. Actually science I did alright with. Math though, forget about it. It wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so anyway, luckily my dad being very good friends with the principal, I think is the reason why he went son of a bitch Schaefer fine. So you write that on the end of your yeah.
1: test you fill out all the numbers at the end you wrote wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen.
0: I found every excuse. My dad actually says that I am a genius because I knew exactly the amount I needed to do to actually get a D. That's
1: all You know, stylish. I wasn't going to do
0: anything more than that. I just wanted to get by.
1: Learning to survive. <laughs> um,
0: th- th- I think that's what he says to himself to make himself feel better that his son wasn't a complete flunk out. But went to college. I uh, was going for a music education. I wanted to follow in my old man's footsteps. Um was going to be more choral-based than instrument-based. And started getting into musical theater, and pretty soon I was doing more theater than I was college, and I dropped out of college two or three times. And once again, being the lucky person I am and having the family I have, my dad sat me down one day and said, "You seem to really love this theater thing." There's a school coming through. They're based out of New York City. Why don't you go audition? A troupe? Uh, no, it was a
1: school coming.: through? It
0: was a conservatory. Okay. So, and I guess they do a little tour and go around and audition for people to go to this school. Uh, it was the American Musical and Dramatic Academy um, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And so I was like, ah, sure, I'll go." Um, I auditioned. I remember leaving my mother talking to the person. I was like, "Oh my God, Mom, don't, don't, don't do this, don't!" And I could see it in her face. She was my like.
1: Boy is the best to ever do it.
0: Because they started to ask, "Well, we're going to look at, you know, your audition tapes. We're also going to look at your, you know, high school background and your grades and stuff." Uh, and she went up and she said, "Please, please no. don't look at that. You know, my son, he's very artistic. He's he's a hard worker." And she started making up all these excuses. My mother, I mean, she would give you the shirt off her back. She's got the most lovely soul. Uh, but she's a nervous Nelly. Um, <clears throat> is that a thing? A nervous Nelly. Nelly.
1: But whatever you say, don't look at. They're instantly going to put it under the microscope. Oh,
0: totally. Uh, That's
1: crazy.
0: Luckily, they they came back. They gave me a nice scholarship, and I went. And you know, I remember my first week there. One of the, uh, I think she was the original R- Ruzzo? R- Rizzo, Rizzo, Rizzo in Greece. Rizzo in Greece. Uh, and she Broadway, was? She, she was like my my first musical theater teacher there, and she simply asked us uh, what. What is acting? You know, and all of us think about it, and we start coming up with these things going, you know, we we put on characters, we put on... And she said, no, acting is nothing more than living under imaginary circumstances. And that entire time, it was only in this conservatory, I I went all the way through, so I didn't take summers off or anything. I think it took me a year and a half to get through it. Uh, First schooling that I actually enjoyed being in and actually completed... I learned so much about stop putting on masks. Even if I was going on stage to do a character, stop putting on a mask and actually come from a place that's authentic and real. And you look at some of the best actors. Like I always think of, um, it's great. I always think of this person. I can't can't say her name because I can't remember it because I have holes in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, any well, go ahead in your own head. Think of any actor that you has touched your heart in a movie or on yeah. stage. And it's because they're bringing their heart into it. They're, they're not going, oh, I'm gonna. this is a character that's mean, so I'm just going to be mean. Well,
1: do my no. I mean voice. No,
0: there, there's a reason behind everything, because we've all had those experiences in our life. But it was actually the acting that I believe I am where I am today, because it taught me just to show up, to be yourself and ride the fucking surfing, you know, surf life. There's waves. So they come, you fall, you get to choose if you're going to get back on your surfboard and, and catch another wave, or you just sit there and drown. Uh, and so acting brought me into yoga. It was actually my Shakespeare coach that was like, hey, do these breathing exercises, do these little stretches and whatnot. It's going to help prepare you for character work so that you're more present and more aware. And then one day she took me to an actual yoga class, and I went, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing this chick's shit. I, I, I mean, I just thought it was something that, you know, you put on these tight spandexy type clothes <laughs> and you do these weird things. Um, you know, people have these gems around their neck. They're hippies.
1: Uh, How can you do a handstand with a gem around your neck?
0: Oh, trust me, they do it.
1: Oh, and they wrap
0: it around their left ear and shove it up their right nostril because no. that's... I'm joking.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's the first time I ever did yoga was... Uh, I acted a little bit, very, very yeah. little, and not very well. Um, between high school and college, there was a year and a half I did nothing but study acting. So I'm curious if what you said before, acting from your imagination, was Meisner. Hmm. Do you remember if what school she came from?
0: Uh, I believe it was the Alexander Technique okay, uh, okay. was her b- background. Uh, the school was really cool, though. We had lots of different acting coaches, and each one was steeped in a different technique. And it was very cool because in life we all learn in different ways and we're all drawn to different techniques even in how we show up in life. And so it was a great experience just to be able to go, huh, yeah, I can find the one that jives with me. But that foundation of, you know, this isn't put on, this isn't make-believe. This is real life. It's just we're going to put a circumstance around you and you need to show up in it. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that each day when we wake up, show up. That's it. It's not always going to be peaches and cream or whatever your idea of something sweet and beautiful, but show up and you'll find that you are stronger than you ever thought imaginable. That you actually have the ability to deal with whatever life throws at you. Um, And that's what I love about yoga. It took me a long time to realize that's really what yoga was. There was always something in the back of my head that drew me to it. Um, And I wanted to be part of. And what blew my mind a little bit about what you said about Kelly having this idea of world empathy, I used to go around the country and do lots of trainings for all the teachers at Lifetime, a hundred and some locations. And so I was on the road quite a bit. And I always shared this dream of, you know, someday... Yoga infecting the world so much that we had yoga bases instead of army bases.
1: Hmm.
0: About six months ago I went, I don't like that dream anymore. Really? And I actually went world empathy. Where there's the exact words that I wrote down on a piece of paper
1: is
0: I want world empathy because as soon as we can show up and see people as people, you no longer want to pull a trigger because you're putting yourself in that person's shoes. Doesn't matter what their religion is. Doesn't matter what their skin color is. Doesn't matter what their beliefs are. As soon as you can breathe and go, oh my God, I see myself in you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: All I can do is find love. And that is a noble cause. I mean, if there is one, it's going, how do we fucking shut up, take a breath and actually look somebody in the eyes and go, yeah, I'm here with you. Let's figure it out. Yeah. it's going to take some conversations we're not going to agree on everything but I can at least appreciate that you are a living entity in my life
1: get the music behind the mission hate the coming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify if you guys haven't checked out the merch table Join the movement. buy the album get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org characters from Apple